0: Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. The German Sport University Cologne just published their third eSports study that took a look at what Germany's eSports athletes eat. What they found might surprise you. Joining me now from Germany is Dr. Kevin Rudolph, Research Associate at the German Sport University Cologne and someone who has been involved in esports research since 2014. Welcome to the NutriCast, Kevin.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: So how did the German Sport University Cologne get involved with studying esports? Where did that idea come from?
1: Yeah, as you already said, we started in 2014. We were invited by the ESL, a a big tournament organization, and they had an event where professional players were there and they needed something to do with the professional athletes besides the actual tournament. And they thought about making some physical activity, doing some training with them. And that was our first contact with the esports scene and the esports players. We went there. And did some some exercises with them, and so we we get our first look on the players. And so the the topic of esports came to our minds, and we saw that uh, those players sit a lot, play a lot of games, do very very little physical activity, and so we thought it might be a good idea to do some research in the field.
0: So that was back in 2014, and I think eSports is still kind of considered a white space. So what's been the attitude since back in 2014 versus now? Have people's attitudes toward gaming generally kind of changed?
1: Yeah, I think so. In, in 2014, most people didn't know about eSports, and those who have heard or seen something of it were more of the idea that yeah, they're just a few kids that uh, do some gaming and don't have to do anything else, so they start gaming.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And now with growing esport industry, with the the tournaments that have bigger prize pools every year, the traditional media show the tournaments in, in traditional TV, for example. So it, I think the opinion on esports changed a little. They are still many people that say esports is just gaming it's something that young people do and most of all has nothing to do with actual sports um, but i think the young adults the younger people are seeing esports more and more as a yeah as a, a traditional sport as something to to aim for uh, like an esports career or something in the gaming industry and I think gaming as a general uh, became more mainstream, maybe, so to say. And so also the, the research in eSports increased over the years, back in 2014. All the, the, uh, the literature you, um, you found about eSports were just four to five people that were investigating eSports, mostly from a psychological perspective. And now, yeah, you have many, many manuscripts and papers about esports from different perspectives in research.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, now that we're talking about it, I mean, do you consider yourself sort of an esport research pioneer?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. It's, maybe it's a, it's a bit too much to say I'm a pioneer, but <laughs> yeah, uh, we're definitely one of the first in Germany. That took a closer look at esports, and I think our department became something like the um, mouthpiece, maybe the voice for the esports in, in Germany, because our head of the department, Professor Ingo Frobose, was a very prominent speaker for for esports and was always trying to get people to know esports, to take a look at it, and stop thinking in in stereotypes and with our research we kind of supported his opinion over the years and so maybe we are something like a pioneer but yeah of course we are one of the first that um, investigated the esports
0: Let's talk about some of those studies. I know you've done three now. Your two previous eSports studies focused on training and health behavior. This year's survey concentrated on nutrition. Uh, what was the most recent findings?
1: Yeah, in our uh, third eSports study, we, we focused on, on nutrition, like you said. And the the main aim of our studies is to, to get a closer look at what do these people look like? What are their demographic characteristics? What is their health status? What is their health behavior? And in this year's study, we, we focused on nutrition. And in this study, we, we saw that, in fact, the esport players have a much better diet than many of the uh, average German or um, maybe the average European people. So there are many vegetarians and vegans are part of the group of esport players. They do not eat a lot of, of sugar and um, and chocolate and yeah, just junk food. So the, the stereotype that the esport player sits in front of his console and eats pizza and and chips all day long is No more, uh, no longer appropriate. It's It's actually just a
0: vegan sitting there eating their broccoli and playing Nintendo. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. unfortunately, although many uh, are vegetarian or vegans, fruit and vegetable intake is still a problem. The German Society for Nutrition recommends five portions a day, and our group is around one to two servings uh, of fruit or vegetable a day, and like around 15 to 20% of the group only achieve this recommendation. So there's still much room for improvement. But still with these uh, low numbers, they are better than the values for the average population in Germany.
0: That's pretty surprising. Would you say that's your most surprising finding out of this whole study?
1: Yeah, it is definitely one of our most surprising findings. Maybe another big finding was that players did indeed drink a lot of energy drinks. That's one of the stereotypes that next to the pizza and the chips, Mm -hmm. we have the the can of energy drink next to the console. And indeed, 40% of our respondents consume the drinks regularly. So On average, they drink one can per week. That doesn't sound much, but you have to see that it's the average. So we have many players that drink it daily and drink much of it daily.
0: Okay, so 40% of the respondents consume energy drinks regularly. Are these healthy functional beverages, or is it just a can of sugar and caffeine to give them a quick jolt?
1: Yeah, I think it's more of the latter. Yeah, energy drinks do indeed contain much sugar and that's not a very healthy drink it's the, i think maybe the problem is that those drinks are supposed to increase performance and that's maybe the the reason why they appear particularly attractive for esport players but those power boosts or performance boosts don't work for for a longer period of time they Get your sugar level up. You maybe can perform better, but after a few, few minutes, your sugar level decreases very much because uh, your body gets out his insulin and your blood glucose level goes down and the performance boost is over very fast. So I wouldn't recommend energy drinks for an, for an athlete to get a long living performance increase.
0: Mm-hmm. I know a lot of gamers are taking supplements. That's definitely a category that's gaining a lot of attention. Did you ask these e-gamers about their supplement intake?
1: Unfortunately, we had to kick some of our questions out of the questionnaire because it was very long, because we had very many food articles in our questionnaire and asked about the consumption. And so the supplements were some of the questions that had to be we had to, to delete to have the, the questionnaire in a, in a way that is could be answered in like 15 to 20 minutes. And so um, that's maybe a point for, for our next questionnaire in, in the next year or actually in this year's questionnaire. Maybe we get uh, or we use uh, this question in the eSports Study 2022
0: if you do, let me know. <laughs> I think that, that's a great question. I know a lot of people would be interested, especially supplement developers, and hearing directly from these gamers. Mm-hmm. So those that you did talk to and, and you kind of learned about their different demographics, their education and their health status and things like that, what did you learn about them? Is there a general person that a e gamer might look like?
1: Yeah, over the years, the picture of the, the average gamer gets more and more solid. So we can say that while the average gamer is 50% male, 50% female, the average esports athlete, so those who compete in tournaments and leagues and are involved in, in competition, is a little bit different from, from that average gamer. In our studies, we saw that Big part of the respondents are male, like 90% of the esport athletes are male. And the average age is 25. So every year it's uh, around 22 to 25 years old. And not all of them are just students and pupils, but also many full time employees and people working already. Are those who are um, very involved in in esports so it's no longer just uh, a leisure time activity for the students but also (laughs) so to speak grown grown men (laughs) are playing as well uh, as the students do
0: so you you made a distinction a couple minutes ago a gamer versus an esport athlete i actually didn't know there was a difference so you're saying gamers are people who play more recreationally and esport athletes are those who actually are competing.
1: Yeah, that's that's the the definition we work with. So we say playing esports differs in the way that you don't play against an artificial intelligence, but you play against other people around the world. So playing around of Nintendo, Super Mario, it's more of, of gaming, but as soon as you start playing maybe uh, something like League of Legends or Counter-Strike where your opponents are other people somewhere around the world uh, in front of their computer, then you start play play uh, esports.
0: And those that you spoke with, were they more esport athletes or was it a mixture of gamers and athletes?
1: Most of our participants in our studies are in fact esport athletes. We categorized them according to their their skill level or maybe uh, more like their involvement in competition so we have some eSport professionals that um, play eSports for a living we have some eSport amateurs that do play in tournaments and leagues but don't uh, yeah, win a lot of, of prize money so they can't live from playing eSports and the um, the big part of our respondents is involved in esports, but just in in a, in a small way. So they play the games that belong to to esports like League of Legends or Counter Strike, but they are not competing in leagues or in tournaments. So they just use the the in-game feature of playing against other um, other human players.
0: Okay. And you said that 90% are male, 10% are female. Has that always been the case or has it changed since 2014?
1: Actually not. (laughs) Maybe the rate of of male and female players in eSports didn't change a lot uh, from from 2014 on. Maybe it's just because... uh, we are taking a deeper look uh, since 2014. It's not that much time that's uh, maybe changed much. Maybe uh, one methodological problem is that we get our data from esport tournaments, esport events, and from the esport communities. And one idea why we get uh, so many male players or male respondents in our study is that maybe, just maybe, the female players are not involved uh, in the communities that much. So they don't know that our questionnaire is out there. And so uh, maybe there are some more female eSport players uh, out there, but uh, they they didn't... uh, uh, Get involved in, in our studies uh, up to now.
0: Okay, so maybe some of these eSport companies need to figure out some better ways to communicate with the females.
1: Yep, maybe that. And I think it's kind of a, a problem in the in the eSport scene that it's very dominated by males. So when young girls or young women get into into the games and start playing. They really have to to battle some uh some stereotypes, so it's not the the friendliest environment <laughs> to start in mm-hmm. and so maybe the um the gamers themselves need to need to change a little to be more welcoming for the girls to uh to get in the games
0: Wow, this has been such an eye opening interview so when you take a look at this current study versus the last couple that you've done did you notice any changes or trends when you compare i know you ask different questions and you have different focuses for every study but have you noticed things kind of shift or or different things trending over the years
1: actually our picture of the gamers is very solid so um, in in our first study uh, physical activity of the gamers was already high it got even higher in last year's study and uh, just a little more in this year's study, but overall, our standard questions or basic information about the gamers doesn't change very much. So, we can say that the uh, physical activity is around se- uh, six to seven hours a week, which is much more than the World Health Organization recommends for a healthy lifestyle. So, our gamers actually are very active and not the uh, uh, the people just sitting in front of the uh, computer. Another fact that stays the same over the years is that our, our respondents report a very good health status and a good well-being. So even in times of, of the corona pandemic, this didn't change very much. We expected that most people had um, a decreased well-being because um, in Germany right now we are in a lockdown again and that's yeah stressing for for everybody mm-hmm. but it seems like the gamers can cope with it very good maybe because they have many uh, digital connections to their friends before the pandemic and it didn't change much when they uh, weren't allowed to go outside anymore so they can rely on their digital social contacts. Maybe that's a reason why the well-being didn't change uh, in, in this year's study.
0: Wow. It doesn't sound like the pandemic has impacted their health at all. Did they game even more often? Did that change at all?
1: Um, we changed our, um, on quest- our question on the time of, of video gaming a little bit. So it's a little bit harder to, to compare those data. In our data, the times didn't change much. In other studies from, from other universities, you can see that not esports, but gaming overall increased due, the, uh, due to the pandemic, like young adolescents and, and young adults seem to play like 30 minutes to one hour more per week. And in esports, we don't have enough data to say that changed through the pandemic, but because our our data or our data collection changed a little bit, so it's hard to, to compare those data.
0: Mm-hmm. But what your data does tell you is that they are more athletic than the average person. That's pretty surprising. Were you expecting that outcome?
1: No, uh, absolutely not, because we, of course, first thought that they are... Involved in gaming, so there's not much time left to be physically active. If you consider that they are students and full time employees, most of them sit a lot of the day uh, in university or in the schools at their job uh, and so on. But still, they manage to get their physical activity in their everyday life, and uh, that's one result of our first esports study uh, back in, in 2019, where we saw that many of the esports players do participate in, in other sports like soccer, like tennis, and fitness uh, activities. So, in, indeed, they are physically active and even more than the average average population.
0: That's interesting. I wonder if these findings extend beyond Germany. Do you think that is the case for people in the US and in other countries?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I, we don't have um, comparable data from other countries yet. So if somebody out there wants to, wants to get involved in the study and maybe um, get it done in, in the US or in other countries, uh, you're welcome. But uh, I think the, the uh, e-sport players all around the world are, are very similar. Maybe in some countries you have a, a different mentality. Like uh, when you take a look at Asian esport industry, it's much bigger than the European or the industry in the US. And you have internet cafes where you can actually play and compete we don't have those in in Germany, and so the people look different at esports in in different countries. So, in 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 the Asian countries or some of them at least, the esport players are yeah are famous. They are uh, celebrities, like big sport athletes in in our country. So um, maybe it it differs a little. Um, how they do their activities, how they need to train, or how they believe how they need to train to get better. So maybe there are some little discrepancies, but overall, I think the uh, data would be very similar across all countries.
0: Mm-hmm it is funny how in asia it's looked at completely different there's these fancy internet cafes but here in the united states we might look at an esport athlete as somebody who's like you said the stereotypical soda drinking uh, snack eating person in the basement right so maybe with your research it'll help get rid of those stereotypes
1: yeah i i think we start to getting rid of those stereotypes and um we, we hope that our research helps a little bit to get a clear picture just on how eSport players look, what they do, how their health behavior is, and so they can um, or get the same attention also in research as other target groups get. So um, it's, it's one first step, but uh, I think there's still much to be done to get rid of all those stereotypes.
0: There's a lot of work, but I think you are definitely helping painting a better picture for some of these athletes. And I'm sure they are happy that you're doing that. Dr. Kevin Rudolph, Research Associate at the German Sport University Cologne. Thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out Nutri-Ingredients USA's upcoming sports and active nutrition webinar, which will focus on white spaces in the industry, including esports. It's hosted by yours truly, and that's on Thursday, February 25th. For more on that, you can go to sportsnutritionsummit-usa.com. And if you are a new startup or have a game-changing ingredient, we are now taking applications for this year's Nutra ingredients USA Awards. We have 16 categories which honor the best and brightest in ingredients, finished products, companies, people, and initiatives in the nutrition and dietary supplements industry. The last day to enter is Monday, March 29th. For more info, you can head to nutri usa awardscom if you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more nutra related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.